This is the Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you can win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs an insider look into proven successful strategies. The Z Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z Code Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Today we are very excited to have Jake back on the show. And Jake, for people who might be new to the community or don't know you yet, why don't you start by telling us what made you start to invest in the esports? Hi guys, thank you for having me again. Um, yeah, so I was um, getting into esports a couple of years ago when um, I've discovered the popularity that some of the games were were we're getting uh, obviously the popularity back then was not as high as it is now and obviously the esports is a new thing and it's still growing but um if you look back maybe 10 years ago when the events were just kicking off that's when i uh, started getting into the game called counter-strike 1.6 it's a very odd looking game but surprisingly it was getting popular by each year it was the, the popularity was growing and um even Four years ago, the game was still at its peak, uh, believe it or not. Basically, I, I, I started watching matches from, from other people, and it, it just started from there. Um, then, um, uh, then CSGO came out, and that was just four years ago, as far as I remember. And right now, esports is at its, well, highest peak, I would suppose. Um, Obviously, still, obviously, still growing, and uh, it's getting more popular every day. Just if you look at the, the the type of tournaments that are taking place right now, and the interest that esports is getting from bookmakers, is the reason why I originally started investing in esports personally. So you said your favorite, uh, or you, the esports game you started in was Counter Strike. Uh, what would today be your favorite esports game? I mean, what do you like to invest your money in the most? I guess there is no surprise there that it still feels uh, as in Counter Strike because that's the game closest to my heart. Um, sounds a bit weird trying to invest money in a in a shooter, but if you look at the sort of professionality levels that you get from from that game uh, the game is still growing it's absolutely massive right now very soon it's going to be on television Turner Broadcasting have invested millions of dollars into it and ESPN are also, ESPN are also looking into it actually I think they, they've already just began their quest in CSGO so that that is definitely my favorite game Um that's also the game I know most about. I know almost every single player on professional stage, and also a lot of players on on the on the lower levels. I'm quite familiar with those. That's why I feel confident betting money on CS:GO. I see so you're very familiar with all this, obviously. 
Um, but you're telling me that TBS is investing in it, ESPN's going after it. Would you consider that esports is going to be the next big thing? And if so, why? Um, definitely. If you just look at the last few years where esports was just starting off on live streaming services like Twitch TV, um, the pop- popularity levels were very low back then. But um, right now, it just it keeps growing year by year, and it's the next big thing. Uh, I've, As I've read recently... The bookmakers have made statistics, and esports is the fastest-growing betting sport within all of the bookmakers right now, all of the ones that are covering it, obviously. So, it, again, I can tell it's a very personal thing to you. Uh, you're very close to it on a personal level. But I think you just answered my question, but I'm going to ask it for the people who are listening and thinking anyways. People who aren't close to it or personally attached to it, they only want to know one thing. Is there a huge potential to make some serious money from esports? What do you think? It's funny you ask that. Um, I think right now is the best time to invest money in esports because it's still at its infancy stage. So basically, you can take advantage of everything that's happening within the markets. Uh, the bookmakers are not fully aware because they're they're new to this. They don't have the experts that that that, for example, football football has. So. You can just take advantage of the markets. You can take advantage advantage of what's happening during a game because you can now bet live on esports. So um, if there is a twist or a turn in, in the game, you, you can just take advantage of that. And bookmakers may not fully cop onto it. Also, um, the sharpness of bookmakers is it's relatively low right now. Um, maybe that's because of the, the lack of knowledge that they have and lack of statistical analysis into every single match so right now if you get into it this is the this is the stage that you should be making the most amount of money from esports okay so this is a great time to get into it but i'm i'm trying to wrap my brain around comparing it to something else so we know that your live tennis sessions have been really profitable in the past years so with this do you see the same type of market possibilities in esports Oh yeah, as I just mentioned, uh, live betting is just starting in esports. Some of the bookmakers like Betway are uh, beginning to to do it. So uh, yeah, sadly the markets are not very big, but um, Bet365, Betway, they will have something. And right now there is a lot of possibilities for you to start making money. And in the next couple of years, when the markets are going to develop live. Uh, sadly, the bookmakers will become more sharper, but um, you will get a wider range of bets available. So right now, there's not much, but it's it's happening, and there are lots of possibilities. Okay. Talk to us about your eSports book. What is that about? So the book covers the main basis of how eSports has started off, its history, as well as where it's going in the future days. Uh, we're talking about the past days where uh, esports has started off in little basements with 100 people just just playing games into massive stages, massive sold-out tournaments. Um, I covered the idea of how to make money of esports, where to begin, which bookmakers to use, and what sort of money management systems you need to have, and idea of recovery system for it. I also touched upon topics such as fantasy esports, and there's a massive company right now called uh, Volcom, 
Uh, they have invested over 17 million into their project. So it, it's it's a small topic within the book, but uh, it just gives you an idea of what you can what what you can try to make money from esports. And there's a lot of different possibilities. There's a lot of different markets where you can make take advantage of it. Um, I also managed to get Timo, uh, the famous Z-Code guy, to, to give us a few words on, on esports, and he's given us a, an amazing piece um, about how to make money from esports, how he does it. So the book covers all of the bases that just get you, that will get you kick-started into esports. One of the things I thought was really interesting that you bring up in the book is you raise this controversial point in regards to the physicality levels of esports and whether it should be considered a quote unquote real sport. Um, do you think that it will ever get to the level of esports getting real respect or being featured at the Olympics and things of that nature? Um, when you mention respect, uh, I'm sure of it. I think it just comes down to the bias within the media from people, um, especially older generation people saying that esports is bad for the younger generation, especially, for example, parents are obviously very uh, worried about their son or daughter playing games 24-7. Um, but obviously... When that goes away, <laughs> when when people are become more open-minded, and the, the idea of esports being featured at Olympics is possible, however, I personally don't think right now that the games that we have um, have what it takes to be at the Olympics. There is a bit too much brutality in, in the games that are esports right now. That could be one of the reasons why um, it may not be suitable for the younger audience, but. Um, Perhaps on some stage, because esports is still growing, at some stage there will be a game that's popular enough and respectable enough to to be featured at the Olympics, and it's not gonna and it's gonna tick all the boxes, tick all the boxes that are accepted by the community. Okay, that makes sense. So we're talking about this big gap that exists between esports and traditional sports right now and, and with time you're you're thinking that this will uh not be as wide it will gr- become more acceptable so in order to kind of further that discussion along we know what the differences are but what are some of the things that are similar that you find between esports and traditional sports um i'm just gonna quote um the indian prince buddha indian prince and he says, to keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep our minds strong and clear. And what he's trying to say is that in order to to be a successful person, to, to, be, to have a strong mind, you have to stay healthy. And obviously, that comes down to, to, to players as well. In order to, to be a professional gamer, you have to obviously practice, but not only playing by playing games, but those people have to have to practice their mind as well. They have to exercise a lot and looking at the way some of the players practice right now, I can tell you right uh, I can tell you right away that they have a very strict diets, they have they have trainers who obviously make sure that the players stay in good shape. There's obviously 
not many players that are obese or <laughs> that still happens because it's new but obviously the, there are rules and regulations from the organizations who hire these players to make sure that they stay in good shape that they exercise a lot so if you compare it to the same to the traditional sports like football those esports players have to put in a lot of physical work to become a player themselves so there's actual i mean this is kind of new to me there's there's a market for this that there are trainers for esport athletes um the light bulb's going off as you're talking about it that's so why i imagine they have to have the stamina to have long sessions uh with mental clarity so their physical health is affected by that their diet affects that um so many things so are there are there books or trainers that people seek out i mean is that something that's kind of becoming more popular it's definitely becoming more popular now it those are the rules and obviously the organizations because then just like in traditional sports the only difference is you don't have clubs you have organizations who um who hire these well not so much hire but employ these players the teams or sometimes in individuals um to to make sure that they have a trainer they have a manager that everything is organized and the diet they have a a person who they have a chef they have a person who um makes sure that they they eat healthy when they're practicing and obviously they exercise in usually they have um the whole gym in the, in the in the gaming house or so you call it because the organization is actually buy a house mostly just to just to keep the players together as a unit and they always provide all the necessities to make sure the players stay on top wow it's very interesting so to to kind of further this discussion a little bit you also talked a lot about the PEDs the performance enhancing drugs now there's always a risk when when you have money on the line especially of outside factors trying to influence or impact the score. In this organizations, are they setting up any new regulations or something for this market? Uh, there is a company called ESL. They are um electronic sports league that organizes a lot of different events around the world. Uh, they also run Counter-Strike um, major events, which are organized by Valve, which is the main company, the main developer of the game, so it is a big deal. And recently, there was a conversation about this uh, within esports. It was a couple of months ago that some of the players have uh, mentioned the fact that there is no regulations. There was no regulations back then, obviously, because it was a new thing, um, and players were using a drug called Adderall. which enhances players um concentration levels during the match and when that was when that issue was raised uh, ESL has spoken to multiple drug enhancing uh, companies um just to make sure that this doesn't happen again and from now on there will be just as it is in other sports there will be tests uh performed at every single event every single event in CS:GO at least i am not very familiar with the 
with the other leagues, but I'm, I know for sure that um, the developers are in charge of drug drugs uh, drug use in other in other games. But uh, in CS:GO, which is the game I'm most familiar with, I'm just gonna mention it throughout. Sure, <laughs> sure. There are regulations where um, with the players obviously are gonna be tested, and it's gonna be the same the same way it is in tennis or other sports where it's going to be obviously uh, random every time and r- random people are going to be picked out from the crowd to to um to do the test and obviously that that brings that brings regulations to place that's going to be present for every single event now I knew when I asked that question that, that you were going to say Adderall. I just knew it, even though it was a new topic for me. And that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I, I know I can only imagine the amount of actual prescriptions that are written for even college-age students. Um, Adderall is a very popular thing, and I, and I wonder how they're going to fight that and combat that. But we'll watch how that plays out. It's interesting. Um, in your Bible, you talk about... The idea of a recovery system for betting. Can you explain a little bit more about that idea? I just presented an idea uh, of my own personal recovery system. Uh, I personally think that the, bet is, the better is only as good as his recovery system. So we all know that eventually every single person is going to lose money at some stage of their life when they're betting on esports or any other sports. So um, you have to have, you have to think two steps ahead just like chess players and when you, when you get to that stage when you have when you have your own recovery system you'll be safe from any sort of factors that can influence a game because there is no such thing as a 100% bet and in my idea the recovery system is a simple progression where when i lose money i try to recover my confidence rather than the money that i have so um, I start off really low. I start off be- by betting. Just by example, I'm gonna give you uh, one unit per bet, and those are gonna be flat stakes. Um, I will probably place a couple of bets per day, based on my confidence in, in the matches. And obviously, the more I the more I win, the higher I will stake. Uh, so there are a couple of stages. There are three stages to my my system. And as I grow in confidence, I will increase my stake when I hit the targets of each stage. And that goes all the way to the third stage. When I hit the target for the third stage, that's when I leave the recovery system and I continue betting as as normal without having to use the flat stakes from then on. I like that. I like the idea of, of the recovery system for betting that you have in place. Now, it, it, it's a type of money management, really, but you also mentioned two vital money management strategies. And could you kind of elaborate a little bit to the listeners about what those are? So I, I've talked about two ideas for money management and assistance for betting in esports. Uh, one of them is Kelly Criterion. Basically, it's an algorithm that developed by John Kelly, which allows calculating the amount of wealth uh, which should be staked on a favorable bet. The idea is to get the Kelly percentage, you take the win probability, which is the which are the odds, minus one minus once again the win probability divided by the ratio. And 
after that, you're going to get a percentage of how much money you should stake on a given bet that you're looking at. This, this idea is a perfect sort of money management system because you are never going, essentially you're never going to go bankrupt with this because you're um, always staking a percentage of your given bankroll. Um, you can use this for any sort of betting strategy. You obviously need to develop your own system and your own filters for the sport or the, obviously the game you're betting on. Um, and you, you're going to have to take into the consideration that you're going to be losing bets. But based on Kelly criterion, you will never go bankrupt. You're going to have to obviously apply your own knowledge into betting on those sports. You're going to have to obviously try to make as many good, good bets as possible. So you're going to have to create a system, add as many filters as possible uh, or whichever ones you need and that way you're going to be able to use Kelly Criterion and be successful with it because this is not going to help you win the bets but it's going to help you manage your money correctly. And the second one is arbitrage betting. Some of the people are familiar with it. Um, it's a system which exploits differential in odds for a given market across multiple bookmakers. So it does guarantee the better a profit as both of the odds produce a negative margin. And what I mean by that is if you stake, for example, one bet at 1.4 odds and you place $1,000, that, that one, bet one is going to be on team A to win the match and you're going to look for the highest odds on team B at, across the whole of the internet so we're talking about live betting right now you're going to have you're going to have to probably use multiple bookmakers for this preferably because um majority of them don't actually allow arbitrage betting apart from Pinnacle Esports as far as I remember that's the only bookmaker that allows it allows you being on both sides of the of the coin. Um, just to give you an example, Team B, Team Team 2 is 3.93 odds. So you're going to stake $361.32 on Team B. And that's going to guarantee you profit, return of uh, profit of $58.68 based on whichever side you're on. Whether Team A wins or Team B, you're going to get a return on investment of 4.31%. So this is the idea of arbitrage bank. You're going to have to stake your money on both sides. Um, you're going to have to seek value, obviously. You're going to have to calculate it. Um, you're going to have to calculate how much money you have to stake because this is not going to apply to every single match. You're going to have maybe one in a week or two in a week or a couple of in a week but they're not very frequent and you're going to have to obviously stake the money on both sides okay so and i know in the zico community that the money management strategies are very important and they're they're very um popular topics among especially the people that are successful and there's a reason behind that so we've just talked about this idea of your your recovery system for betting um, your two vital money management strategies, um, the arbitraging and, and the other Kelly one. They almost, to a degree, though, to me, sound just a tad bit 
um, they're, they're safety nets and they're de, they're almost defensive in nature, which you need that absolutely. But brother, you're making a lot of money. So is, is there another point or something else that, that maybe you could add in about e, your esports system, um, how it works and why it's so profitable? Or is it because you're so cautious and, and defensive and have those money management strategies in place? Um, I try to use the money management strategies as much as possible. But at the same time, um, I, I'm just looking at this article where a famous player is saying CS is all about confidence. So I like to take that into proportion every time I uh, stake a bet. Um, I always look at the team's momentum, which is extremely important in esports. Because you're, you're, you're looking at these games and they're all psychologically based because the players are essentially sitting in front, in front of the computer uh, and they're just using their brains the most. So their confidence is the most important aspect of the whole game. If the team has got a good momentum, they're capable of beating absolutely anyone. And that's something you have to consider. It's probably easier to beat a good team when you have momentum in esports rather than it is in, for example, football, because that is more physical. Although you may have amazing momentum, you not be you may not be able to physically overcome the the whole match or set or whatever that it is. But in esports, it's all about psychology, and when you have the momentum, you can overcome absolutely anyone because you have the confidence in yourself to do extraordinary things and when I look at the win ratio uh, that the team had at a given tournament they've been doing extremely well sometimes I look at where the tournament is taking place as well uh, because of the the home crowd which which can obviously um, make the team go the extra mile but that is not always the the most important aspect of it all Um, I just look at teams that are capable of beating another team as long as they have the the confidence in themselves. So I do like to watch their expressions, their faces, um, and see how they perform at the events before I make any judgments. Okay. What are the filters or the key analysis aspects that you use to release bets? Um, so that pretty much touches on what I just said. Um, I, I do like to look at the the win ratios, uh, I scroll through a lot of articles, trying to read about the teams, see what's happening in there. Um, I also like to see how much they've practiced before an event, because that's quite important. Um, the teams, in order to be a professional player, you need to play a lot. And some of the players may go on holidays sometimes, and that makes them a bit rusty when they come to an event and they haven't practiced enough. So. There's always an aspect to 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 the analysis that you just have to think outside the box and just um, think about things that are may not be very common um, in other sports, but at least in esports, um, the players just need to practice a lot in order to to overcome other teams. No, I think I can see a lot of similarities that you're describing uh, between esports and traditional sports. I mean, you're mentioning confidence, you're mentioning uh, win streaks with momentum, um, rustiness from people being out, home field advantage, 
So I can see a lot of similarities there uh, that would help us find those those, those uh, advantages. Now, I want to kind of circle back. I was just thinking about something that you said earlier that Turner Broadcasting is, is going to pick this up in ESPN. And I'm curious maybe what your thought is of what would make eSports so exciting to watch. Do you think there's going to be a problem getting people who aren't familiar with eSports excited about watching it? Obviously, it comes down to the idea of people being open-minded about this. We're looking at professional players who make thousands, even some of them make millions from just playing games in front of the computer. And um, recently, esports was at the Extreme Sports X Games, and a lot of people said a lot of negative things about esports being there because it's not an extreme sport. But um, as long as people stay open-minded and give this a chance because esports has never been given a chance even though it's been around for uh, a number of years already obviously not as not as not as long as the traditional sports but it's been here and it's been trying to to go mainstream for quite a while and before it succeeded but then it failed a few years later mainly because of the the lack of um, the, the lack of expertise back in the days but Right now, it's it's going slowly, and it's getting the recognition that it deserves. Yeah, and obviously, people are able to watch it without having to pay any subscription fees as well on Twitch TV or other other websites which are similar to to the streaming service. So that that's another thing that may excite people. You can actually watch those games without having to pay any money. And you watch them in the highest quality, and that obviously the the commentators are extremely important in esports. They make the games as exciting as they can be by hyping up the the the, the people watching it. So that's all I can say. Just stay open-minded and give it a chance, and you may actually like it. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I was just thinking about the commentators, and that's a great point. How important that is. Uh, I know when mixed martial arts first came on the scene, uh, before it was gaining popularity, whenever people were used to boxing, so they wanted to see people striking each other. And whenever the fights ended up on the ground in some type of submission grappling match, the crowd would boo uh, because the crowd didn't understand um, the grappling game and, and, and how delicate or a game of chess that was, how intricate it was. And the commentators, I think, really helped... Um, open up the mind of the public, and as it began to catch on more and more, they were very pivotal, very important in getting the audience to understand that this is an exciting part of the match as well. It's just not two guys uh, holding each other down being boring. So, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. The commentators could play a big role in getting people to understand this and participate you know, mentally a little more in what's going on, what they're seeing on the screens. Um, are you looking to release any... Further systems for esports? Uh, I definitely want to 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 start some live betting. That's one of my plans. So I'm actually looking into it right now. I'm trying to just to test it and see how it's going for me before I make any major movements and release it to the public. But live betting is out there, and that's my main 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 thing that I want to focus on. I also looked into fantasy esports. 
although it's not my type of thing. So I may not release a system on that, but I've, I've made some dollars on that. <laughs> it's just a new thing, though. So, But I do hope Zcode is going to work on a system just like they have for uh, the other sports, for Fantasy, uh, Fantasy League, and perhaps we'll be able to have an automated system for eSports, which will be able to select your own team and obviously give you the advantage that you need to win on websites like Falcon. Okay, you're hopeful that's going to come about, but I'm curious right now, how would you say that Z-Code is helpful for you presently to invest in eSports? And are there other eSport uh, e experts within the Z-Code community other than yourself? Or um, Obviously, I wasn't the first one uh, who started betting on eSports. There were a couple of different people within Zico that were doing it already and they've been doing it for quite a while and they've been doing an amazing job and those people are obviously Josh, Will and Timo. We have to give them props obviously because um, their expertise are absolutely phenomenal. Will is extremely excited about eSports and that guy makes a lot of money from it so you should definitely check out his forum because he knows what he's doing Josh has uh, brought I think it was either Will or Josh something like that along those lines they, they um, I'm not sure which one of them started it first but um, Josh, Josh was there doing Dota 2 uh, a lot of betting back back in the days. Obviously, he's not as active anymore. But he he um he was one of the first people to start betting e on esports within Zcode. And the last person is obviously Timo. He's been betting on absolutely everything in esports. <laughs> um, he he's interested in StarCraft, um, Counter Strike. So. He knows what he's doing. He wrote a little piece in the book as well. And based on my opinion, he is absolutely amazing when it comes to esports. He knows a lot about the, the, the players and knows a lot, a lot about the leagues and the tournaments that are taking place and both the games. Um, so these are the people that you should look into. Those are the people that are doing extremely well and um, you should definitely kickstart with Will's forum or uh, Timo's forum as they, they make massive money. They make more than I do. <laughs> okay. And and we've been talking about esports, but you've a couple times referenced fantasy esports and companies like Vulcan. Um, could you tell the listeners a little bit more about what fantasy esports is all about and why you think that it might be so big or it might be a popular system in the future? Um, we have to look at the American market here and consider the fact that sadly betting is not available for everyone. So fantasy esports is the the sec obviously the, the biggest thing in, in America right now because of the restrictions on, the, on people being able to bet their money. So this is a legal way of staking your money where you have to select a number of players. Usually it's a team of five, uh, five players, which is uh, the case for CSGO or League of Legends. And you have to select five players from... It's, it's going to be a, a one-day tournament. 
even though the, the tournament takes place across a couple of days, you're selecting players for that given day. So essentially, you're going to get the money the next day. Um, so you select the players who are going to perform best on that day. And obviously, you have to look into the statistics. You have to know every single player that you're choosing for your team. You're going to have to choose a, a caller as well. That's the person who is sort of the, the member that gets extra points. And that's it. You're just going to have to select the players that are, you think are best. And the tournaments are between free and between um, entrance of $500. So it, it's a lot of money that you can win because if there is $500 from, from you, there's $500 from another player. And I think Vulcan takes about 20% or 15%. So you're making roughly $300 in a day. Uh, they have been, there have been cases of people winning over $30,000 in fantasy esports already. So as long as you know, you have the knowledge about each and every single player that you're going to select for your team, you can win massive money from it. And Vulcan has invested already over $17 million they have massive investors from all over the world, and it keeps growing. It's it's getting bigger and bigger every day. I have a 13-year-old boy. What game should I buy him today to get him involved? <laughs> Is it C- CS? Is that going to be the one? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to how to um, how to answer this question. I, it's it's a bit it's a bit tough because he's uh, obviously quite young for a shooter. But yeah. I would probably start off with something like uh, a League of Legends, or yeah, th- those games are not as brutal. Um, they are they require quite a bit of um, coordination, teamwork. So it's it's a good thing to start him off with. Or Very interesting. Uh, there's football games as well, which are getting quite big as well. <laughs> so that that can be uh, that can be a replacement for the for the brutality in other games. Sure. Uh, are you looking to start a fantasy esports system in the future? That's a possibility. I'm keeping the doors open, but I'm not sure I'm ready yet to do that because I don't have the experience in betting uh, on fantasy as much as other people. It's it's a thing that's not very popular in Europe, and obviously I have the ability to bet real money on on actual markets, on actual uh, games to teams to win the, win the matches and uh, fantasy is just not on my list just yet but if in the future if there's a possibility of Z-Code developing um, an automated system I would definitely start looking into staking my own money into tournaments in esports on fantasy Okay. Well, finally, Jake um, I guess would you have any tips or advice for members of the community who may want to start uh, investing their money in this niche market? Yeah, so you have to start slow. Obviously, look into the games. I would definitely advise you to start uh, watching them, just so you can get a feel of what's happening. Because you you want to get involved, you want to get into it before you stake any money. You have to be interested in the thing you're betting on, money on. Otherwise, uh, there's no fun at all. And you have to obviously look into the members that are already doing it. Will will tell you absolutely everything about esports. He's a amazing personality within within the Zico community. Um, you just 
have a look into his systems and check out my systems as well. Try to uh, watch the games, get a good feel of it, and then you can start uh, paper paying. Just don't place any money just yet. Give it a few weeks, and when you're ready, when you feel like you, you like it, you enjoy it, that's when you should stake your first dollars. Absolutely. Great advice. I'm very excited about this. I think it's something very cool that our members can start to branch out into if they would like to. I also think it creates a great opportunity to bring in a whole new demographic to the Zico community and uh, kind of build these forms and uh, this this new esports systems. Really appreciate your time today, Jake. You've been very helpful. A lot of great advice. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you for listening to our Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.